Hello, welcome. It has been a minute uh, since you have uh, seen my ugly face and heard my horrible voice, but I'm back with season two, baby. Chat with a rat, episode 12 or one of season two, I guess, uh, with Mr. Alex Boyce. Say hello. hello. Hey, that is Sir Mr. Alex Boyce to you. <laughs> How dare you? Yes. Um, I will start off uh, by asking you the same question I ask everyone first. Eight inches. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, how long have you been doing comedy for? Three and a half years. Uh, I started in November 22nd, 2018. It was the first time I did stand-up. And I've done it pretty much every week since then other than the pandemic so november it'll be four years okay so i should be a lot fucking better and is that did you start in florida yeah mccurdy's mccurdy's comedy theater in, in sarasota have you been there yet no no uh they, that's a place you were talking about going to not too long ago right yeah they do they do their open mic at nine on thursdays and it's fucking great that's okay. that's the it, first time i did stand up you said it's in sarasota yeah right in downtown right in downtown it's a great great location great great theater it's like a 300 seat club but they call it a theater and humor institute okay uh but i i I saw louis ck there in 2019 like right in the midst of him being canceled oh yeah and i mean he was doing like theaters and stadiums and shit and here he here he is at a, a 300 seat club in sarasota florida yeah and i was in the the front row middle seat like as far away from him as I as I am with you right now, and I fucking died for an hour. That's great. Some of the funniest stand up I've ever seen. But yeah, I did. I started there, and I did their open mic weekly, bi weekly for a year and a half before the pandemic started. Is that where you used to live? Uh, when I started, I lived in Sarasota. Okay. And then I quit my job. Well, but before I started, I quit my job. Um did some open mics uh after that and then i moved in with my parents shortly after i did my first couple open mics okay and is it are they in lakeland my parents are they're in northport oh okay which is like so how did you end up here in lakeland uh i was chasing tail dude chasing (laughs) uh i mean you've met uh my girlfriend angelica before um she and i we met like a year and a half two years before we started dating so we've been friends for a while okay like fingering each other and stuff (laughs) right uh and she i don't know i just we started hanging out more and we had a good connection and uh we decided to start dating and at the time i was living in bradenton with another comic friend of mine Mm mm-hmm and I was like driving up to see her when I had the chance, but it was like an hour, hour and a half drive to get there. And I was like, fuck this. And she, you know, she had just moved in and she's like, do you want to, you know, move into Lakeland, you know, with me? And I was like, sure. And I moved in with her. And I think like a week later, I met LJ and Mary Kay um, at a Yard on Mass at an open mic there. This is all very oh. uh, esoteric references to anybody that's listening <laughs> yeah. to this that is yeah, in that an isn't open from mic here. or in Lakeland. Uh, yeah, but. right, right, yeah. Um, right on, that's cool. Um, so how long have you been here in Lakeland for? A year, year and a month, 13 months. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, and I've, I've improved as a stand-up a lot since I've been here. 
it's been a nice scene. I, I, I like it um, here in Lakeland, especially since, like, Laugh Out Lounge has opened up. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's been such a great, like, anchor club yeah. for, like, all of us to, like, get great time, you know, at, like, at the open mic and, you know, hosting and, you know, working the sound and guest spots and all yeah. that shit that Mike throws at us, which is, like, really, really useful. I remember the first time I drove out there to <clears throat> to Laugh Out Lounge. Cause it's like a 45 minute drive from here from where i live and i remember driving there and like thinking to myself i don't think i'm ever gonna come to this club again <laughs> like because the drive just sucked so bad like i was like this sucks like but then after i went to the to the, that night and it was like awesome you know i was like oh uh <laughs> now i work there <laughs> so i drive there like you know like what four or five times a week so but yeah, I remember the first time driving out there, like thinking to myself, like this is probably the last time I'm ever driving out. This bitch just sucks. <laughs> like, this drive is terrible. It's the best <coughs> open mic I've ever been to, other than the Laugh In Comedy Cafe, which is in Fort Myers. You've ever been there before? No. That was the. Third I think I've only been to Fort Myers one time in my whole life. Oh, it's gorgeous. No, it's, <laughs> it's a shitty place. But I think I went there once. It's it's pretty shitty. It's. But the, the Laugh-In's a great club. It's like a 120-person club, and they would do a mic every month, once a month. And it would be – that was like a you know, 120, 130, and it would be packed like pretty much every month. Like there'd mm. be a, a lot of times where the open mic would be packed, which was amazing. But Laugh-Out Lounge is like that up here, which is like so great to have that quality kind of stage time even if it's just for five minutes yeah you know for us to experience because a lot of times it's open mics are a fucking nightmare yeah i've thought about this before like if i like started over like and lost all my like comedy skills the like third grade level that i've reached as (laughs) a comedian if i lost (laughs) even all the little bit that i've gained I don't know if I could go through the open mics again because it <laughs> fucking sucks. I don't yeah. know if I could, if I would have what it takes to like drive two hours to bomb at a bar in the middle of nowhere in fucking like East Tampa and yeah. then drive two hours back home. Yeah, that's one reason why I'm I'm very uh, like thankful to like have um, to have like LOL because. Um, like I, whenever I first started out, was around the same time the club had just opened. Um, so I like went to like I don't think I went to their very first open mic, but I think I was at like maybe like the second one or something like that. Like shortly after that, you know, they hadn't been doing very many. Um, so other than doing Pink Piano like once or twice, uh, LOL was like my first experience of doing an open mic. So I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, you know. And then so uh, then like people were like, oh, we're going out to Tampa. We're going out to St. Pete or wherever else, you know, to do this open mic or Ebor, you know, whatever. Do this open mic. Do you want to come do this this mic or whatever? And I'd be like, yeah. And I was thinking like, oh, this is going to be like way bigger than yeah, the one in Winter time, Haven, you yeah, know. Like, Tampa's oh, th- the big time. Yeah, yeah, this is out in, in Ebor. It's going to be huge, you know. And then it, like you go out there and it's like. Oh, never mind. It's just yeah. dog shit. Yeah, yeah. It's just so Even shitty. Even I will say and demoralizing. Yeah. There have been a couple good ones that I've went to out there though like like um and apparently this isn't everyone's experience. Apparently uh, cuz I've had other comedians tell me like no, nah, that's not how it was for me, but 
the night that we all went out to Spitfire, me and LJ and Art went out to Spitfire. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. great. Yeah, you it guys said that awesome. that was dope. It was awesome. Yeah, that that no that <coughs> that I haven't been in like a month and a half, pretty pretty much since I started working full time. But uh, yeah, that room was fucking dope. That uh, th- when there would be there, when there were people that would show up. Yeah, you know, see that's what that's what I've heard. Space. Like, so I guess sometimes it not very many people come. But yeah, the night we went, there was a lot of people. It was great. Yeah, I remember uh, LJ said it was really nice. It was a it was a good experience for you guys. Yeah, but yeah, th- you know it's you know Monday when uh, my friend uh, Michael Jokums used to run a little showcase room downtown St. Pete called uh, McDenton's, and you could do uh, McDenton's, then hit Spitfire, then hit Dharma, a, car, a Kava Lounge, which was a little north of. Uh, north of there and get like you know 30 minutes mm. of, of stand up in in the night yeah on a monday night you know right and all three would you know i remember one of the best nights of my fucking life not even just like doing stand up but just like as a human being was the first time i did those three mm. in the night i started at mcdenton's and there was a great crowd and i like had a couple beers had a fun set shot over to to spitfires completely packed and I like walked in. It was fucking great. Like I walked in right as like, and as I asked somebody to throw me on the list, right as you know, I walked in right as the guy before me was getting off, and I didn't know that. So I just walked in, stood there for like thirty seconds, and then the host called my name. I just jumped on stage. Oh, no, perfect. Fucking rocked it. Had a great set. It was packed. There was a shitload of people there. Yeah. Got off stage. Got in my car. Went up to Dharma. There was a shitload of people there, and just had a fun time doing. I think it was they they let you do like fifteen. Yeah. There and like I remember driving home thinking like that might have been the best night of my life. That was Hell fucking yeah. dope as shit. That's awesome. Yeah, and but you know, it's like it's very quaint compared to like you know, New York comics that do like six, seven sets at real clubs yeah, every yeah. night, like yeah. fifteen minutes in front of a packed house at Caroline's or Gotham or whatever. Right, yeah. The comedy cellar. But yeah. you know, still it's those I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like stand up is one of those things that gives me like this sort of autonomy that i can't find in regular life with like a job or most relationships i have it gives me this like purpose and direction and this thing i'm in control of nobody's making me show up Uh, for stupid ass fucking open mics other than myself absolutely some dumbass new idea that i have for sure and it's like it's it's similar but also so different to like um, you know, uh, growing up, like most of my life, I was in bands, like from the time I was like 16, probably till I was like 30. I was in like always like in some sort of band. Is it like um, classical jazz bands? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, country Western. No. Um, but uh, but I usually was like the singer in most of them, but I played bass in a couple also. But and, you know, uh, and like doing that like i loved it like being on stage especially like whenever you're the front man of a band or whatever you know it se- feels like you have a little bit more control you're the one talking to the crowd you know and stuff you know yeah um uh so and it was just like a great feeling i loved doing that um and comedy is similar in a way because you know i'm still on stage and it's like you know like i'm out there performing and i i've always loved doing that but like you were saying with stand-up stand-up comedy it's just you you're the only one in control you don't have to run anything by any other bandmates or other 
team members or anything like that. It's like what you come up with, the way you do it, the how you, whatever you decide to do, that's what you do. You yeah, know? it's like it's like whatever whatever you last whatever episode of Kill Tony you last saw, you do that. <laughs> you just take like eight of those so, jokes and do some it on people, stage. Some people do. Some people do that. It's easier, dude. I'm not, I'm not fucking writing jokes. It's hard as shit. Unfortunately, like, some people do. Musicians are like, w- they look way cooler though. That's the thing with like musicians, like they and they're like doing a thing. They're like playing the thing, <laughs> so yeah. it looks. But stand-up comedians just fucking talk, and anybody can do that. Yeah, but um, well, anyone can do it, but not everyone can be good at it. Yeah, yeah, the Jews. Um, <laughs> I know what you mean. Wink, wink. Well, it's nice having yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> you got canceled, motherfucker. You got fucking canceled. It's all over, dude. <coughs> But musician, like I, I've been playing guitar and bass since I was 11, so like over 20 years. I'm 78 years old, <laughs> um, and I've done it like a little bit of like playing live um, with like me and a friend, like two guitars. I've done like just me and a guitar, like open mics. I did a couple of, like, up in New Hampshire. Yeah. And I, you definitely, I'm well. I can't speak for everybody, but I definitely. F- feel cooler like doing live music than live <laughs> comedy like live comedy feels like i don't know it, it does feel cool but i don't know something about like just musicians is like cooler to watch well yeah i, I guess i mean i guess so um i guess i don't know i never really looked at it uh, at, at, like in that that turn like that way like which one was cooler or whatever well, I've, see, I've, but, heard, uh, I've heard comedians and musicians on like you know listening to podcasts and shit talk about this that like the comedians envy musicians because they like look cool as shit yeah musicians envy comedians because they find it very hard to wrap their mind around doing it yeah i will being alone on stage i'll say and maybe that's why i don't look at it so much like that um because i was in bands for so long or whatever and played music for so long and i did i envied uh comedians uh a lot like like Especially, like I was uh, dated somebody for a while that was really into comedy, and we wa- we would watch comedy all the time, and I would always be like, "Man, dude, like I wish I had the guts to do that." You yeah, know? exactly. And I never yeah. did. Like, and I don't. I don't anyone could get on stage and play music with a band. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. it's probably harder if you're just a one guy doing it. Maybe, uh, like if you're like an acoustic guy singing or whatever. Probably yeah. takes some courage to do that. But anyone can get on stage and play music with a band. Um, but. Uh, to have the guts to get up there and tell jokes that you wrote to people you don't know and hope that <laughs> they laugh at them that takes courage that takes guts yeah yeah and the and i think musicians see that and they're like oh fuck like what we do is not nearly as brave as you know right. what comedians do but you know if you're not somebody who's like perform live or whatever just if you're just consuming the art as an entertainment product um then you're not thinking of it of, of like, oh, my God, it takes so, so much balls to go up yeah. and do stand-up. Because, yeah. you know, if you're good at stand-up, you're supposed to make it look comfortable and right. easy. And, and, and people that's like I was saying earlier. That's why I fuck around it, the pink <coughs> piano, and just, right. do, you know, talk about crazy shit. Because that helps me get more comfortable on stage if I just force myself to not give a fuck about what, if I get laughs. or Yeah. Because I can't, you know, if I, was, if I was doing that at other open mics or you know hosting or featuring or guest spots and it wouldn't go as well yeah but when there's like no stakes well what's funny is well i don't know because what's funny is i've noticed at least for me and um and it seems i've noticed it, it here and there in other people too it seems like to me at least um seems like 
whenever um like whenever you don't care or you know um if you're getting last you don't like you just you just go up there and you're like hey i don't really care i'm just gonna do my thing you know or whatever um you do better and whenever yeah. you put uh too much pressure on yourself or start to worry or whatever that's when you start sucking uh yeah and oh I d- i've done it several times you know like i'll be oh, like dude, i did it for two years straight i'm <laughs> just fucking bombing horribly for yeah. two years because I, w- I would be so nervous before I'd be going on stage and mm. stuff. Like, oh, my God. I, oh, I hope I do good. Oh, yeah. it's going to suck if I don't do good. And just really caring about the audience reaction. It, t- mm. it took me until maybe like a year, year and a half ago to finally. I guess you know what it was. It was the pandemic. After the <clears throat> pandemic happened, I realized like, oh, why do I get why am I letting other open micers make me feel shitty? Like I, I want their approval. Right. Like, I need to drop that and just do this for me and like just grow as a comic and just try to get better every time I get on stage. And that took a lot of pressure off. I still get nervous, but I don't care about what other comedians think of my jokes. Right. I'm just like, this is what I got and I'm going to give it my all tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, that's the, the best way to do it is like, cause you know, I've. And drunk. <laughs> yeah. <sure>. Drunk. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done uh, both things though. I've over, like worried too much and and done bad because i was too worried too stressed out or whatever um and then just like ended up like not choking on stage but like just not doing as well as i would have like being obviously nervous you know on stage yeah like they can the audience can smell your energy yeah from a mile away they can Mm. just read it on your face like the the little micro muscle movements in your cheeks and just your whole vibe they can read it and you know they can tell if you look like you're having fun or if you look like you're nervous yeah. i've heard some comedians say that like like you know pro like touring comics say one way to kind of combat that is to just laugh at your own jokes right which i have a i don't like that yeah it feels like you know a little cornball <clears throat> to me to like laugh at your own punchlines but i've heard right. comedians say like if you just laugh force yourself to laugh at your own shit on stage a little bit like laugh along with the audience it can yeah, loosen yeah. you up i've seen I've people do that and 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 it works for them like makes it work they like pe- i've seen people make it work and then i've seen people do it where it seems just super cringy you yeah, know yeah yeah like i don't know you can't laugh in an anxious way either because right like, yeah you know? like because my like i don't sometimes like i'll laugh kind of at my jokes after i tell them like if but mostly, I I'll, I'll laugh at like what the audience reaction is. Yeah, you know? exactly. Depending yeah, on the exactly. audience's reaction, like some. But like, I don't like laugh really. I just kind of would be like, huh. you yeah. know, like that. You know, like kind of like chuckle to myself. I don't really like. And I've, but I have seen comedians. I'm not going to name anybody, but I have seen comedians Brenda that like <laughs> that that like um like it's like super forced fake laughter you know at like yeah. and, and it comes off so cringy it's awful it's yeah, horrible yeah yeah it's you can kind of tell it's like a but yeah Brendan shop does do that i'll name him i don't care i'm sorry but people yeah. people we know i've seen do that but i grew up with Brendan shop i'm actually oh, okay. best friends with him <laughs> uh yeah the knee slapping with the mic thing that's completely yeah, appropriated uh, from dave chappelle's no bueno yeah no bueno but so that bad. is like i do find that fun to talk shit about other comics i really do enjoy that <laughs> not so much like people i know but just like like you know big comics that are like famous and stuff yeah I, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Chris D'Elia is coming to the RP Funding Center. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah, lock up your 16-year-olds, you know? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Put them away. Uh, <laughs> people are yeah, people are accepting him again. To, they're allowing him to go back Yeah, down. he's been on, um, he's been like the third mic on the King and the Sting podcast. I don't know if you plugged yeah. into the whole L.A. podcast. Hey, I, wa- I, I watch a little bit here and there. I, I watched it for about a year. Um and uh, I think Theo Vaughn is is very funny. I think he's he's a really good podcaster um, and a good comic. Although the two specials he has on Netflix, I felt like didn't really capture his, how fucking hilarious he is. They're kind of like okay, but like, I don't know if I watched either one of those. To be honest with you, yeah, you know they didn't. I I didn't think they were as funny as he is. Yeah, I've seen he is like sometimes he's really funny. In my opinion, like sometimes I'll see him do some stuff and it's like really funny, and then sometimes whenever I'm watching, I'm just like, "All right, <laughs> like yeah, I don't yeah. know, like I don't know." Uh, oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, you'd be, you'd be, you'd have to be out of your mind to be like <laughs> hilarious all the time on <laughs> yeah. if you're a podcaster. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, y- y- yeah, yeah. Ex- I mean, anybody, yeah, they're not going to be hilarious all the time, except for us, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Those yeah. other fucking assholes. <laughs> they wish. They wish they could be like us. Um, uh, that reminds me of a joke. I was, or a joke. God damn it, I always say joke. It reminds me of a question I was going to ask you, um, what you were just saying about liking to talk shit about comedians. Um, who, who is the worst comedian in Lakeland? LJ, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Got you, yeah, bitch. Hey. That's what he gets for talking shit about us earlier. Yeah. I literally just wrote in here down, like, I've got a bunch of questions, and then one of them just says, LJ is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, fuck you, LJ. Well, you know, I, d- I don't know if he told you, but he accepted the guest spot. At yeah. Winner Circle. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, was, I was very proud of him. I was a little prou- proud of LJ for stepping through the fear and taking that guest spot. Yeah. Good for him. He better not fuck it up, though. Yeah. Uh, he will. <laughs> 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 no, no. I hope he, I hope he does do well. Also, I'm sure um, he'll crush it. He'll do fine. I'm sure. Um, I was gonna ask you though, uh, what's a famous comedian that you absolutely cannot stand? Uh, you know, there's two, but not for the reasons you might think, and it's it's not because of their jokes. Because both of them, I think their jokes are really good. It's the delivery and the just the sound of their voices is like nails on a chalkboard to me. And it's John Mulaney, okay, Sebastian Maniscalco, <laughs> okay, which are two, <coughs> gr- I mean, great comics, yeah, excellent performers, um, like great stage presence. I mean, Sebastian Maniscalco, he's almost like Michael Jackson up there with his moves. He's so like smooth and fluid. <laughs> But like, and his jokes are, gr- I mean, great, excellent storyteller. Same with John Mulaney, excellent storyteller, great jokes. I just can't fucking stand their voices. Yeah, <laughs> like John Mulaney is it's so like showbiz, like kid show businessy. Like, and then we went to the party, <laughs> and boy, it was crazy. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's hilarious. And Sebastian Maniscalco is just too Italian. I fucking, yeah, yeah. we got lasagna. <laughs> Every syllable is just Italianized, like the ninth degree. And it's shit. Like, you I've, I've yet to be able to sit through an entire special of either of theirs. Cause it, you it, know that shit has to be me. hammed up, too. There's no way they actually talk like oh, that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, Sebastian Maniscalco, I've heard him on some podcasts. And he does have, like, a, an accent, but he definitely an Italian accent, but he definitely, 
yeah, kicks it up. Yeah, yeah. For the performance for sure. part of it. And, you know, again, excellent performer. His jokes are great. You know, he's a theater act, as is John Mulaney, but I just, just the, 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 the audio of it. Right. Is uh, I don't like. But in terms of, like, I'm trying to think of a comedian. I'll watch, like, YouTube specials that, like, drop, you know, a week or so ago, and some of them I'm like, I don't know. There was one I watched a couple weeks ago. There was this guy, John Christ. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but nah. he's like a really big Christian comic. Oh, that sounds horrible. It already. Uh, yeah, it was rough. <laughs> and it's like this when I watched it, the special had been out for like a week and a half and it already had a million views. So he's obviously got like a, he's probably big in the in uh, that, that That's what circuit. I'm gonna start I'm gonna start telling people that I'm a Christian comic. Dude, I've read that um that uh both uh Brian Regan and Jim Gaffigan make like the bulk of their money doing like Christian and Mormon like circuits because huh. they, they do they do have like comedy circuits yeah for like you know uh religious uh those those particular religious demographics and y- yeah you can fuck you can make a lot of money i'm sure doing those I'm kinds sure of shows but it's you know it's like you know what's the deal with jesus he was great and that's like a joke <laughs> you know because you can't do anything he was great <laughs> yeah he was he was so dope <laughs> You know, but I, I watched like 15 minutes of that John Chris special, and I just like I remember one of his opening jokes was like he was like, you know, where are the you know Christians in the audience? Yeah, and he's like, where are the Protestants? Yeah, and then he went, uh oh, and he like turned and walked like kind of fast, and they, they, <laughs> almost like a Kevin Hart kind of physical thing, and it's like that's a real like, uh, you know, ooh the pro- oh the Protestants are here, uh oh everybody, you know that's a joke you could do at like a barbecue with like your yeah. Christian right. friends at, like a church barbecue or something like that. But you hear that, ladies yeah. and gentlemen? Alex is giving you guys <laughs> some jokes. If you'd like to get closer to God, <laughs> send me nudes and I will show you how to do it. I am deeply religious. <laughs> you know what pisses me off? Uh, minorities. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, but so I started doing comedy uh, like shortly before you cut your hair off, right? When I first met you, you had long hair still. And whenever I started yeah, doing right. comedy, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. And whenever I started doing comedy, I started growing my hair out long. I haven't cut it since I started doing comedy. That's the way to do it, dude. And your hair, I'm pretty sure, is already back to like longer than mine is. <laughs> Gross, <laughs> dude. Okay. I have a fast metabolism. <laughs> metabolism. My nails grow super fast, um, but it just means I'm gonna die sooner than you mm. because my metabolism, my battery that is burning That pisses me off too. Now I'm now I'm at about two. Yeah, yeah, you lucky son <laughs> of a bitch. You got you. Your hair grows fast, and you get to die fast. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, suck on it, bitches. <laughs> but yeah, though my hair does grow fast, and I like. I've been doing this my whole adult life of just getting it cut really short. Yeah, and then just going eighteen months, two years, or just letting it grow out. Yeah, I like it because I have crippling social anxiety, and fucking sitting in that barber chair. Yeah. For like forty-five minutes with somebody, while they're like, "So, uh, where are you from?" You know, like I uh oh. <laughs> I get I don't it's so stupid it's just like a holdover from childhood trauma and taking too much acid but like I just get <laughs> nervous as shit yeah when I'm uh, in social situations stand up has helped with that a lot I'm like, sure I, I used has. to be I'm I'm like 10% as bad as I used to be 
because like stand-up comedy is it's just exposure therapy for people with oh, social yeah. anxiety especially for you it. because you're like the the type of uh material you do is like way like crazier than a lot of other people you know and i and yeah. i've seen you i've seen you and you remind me of me i'm gonna get shot lot. eventually yeah you remind me of me a lot too uh, because i've noticed like if you're doing something on stage and you can see that the crowd is like uh like pulling back yeah pulling back you'll fuck it you'll you'll lean into it and be like oh well that used to scare (laughs) me that used to like really i'd be like oh no no but i realized like in that moment you can either kind of like sort of backpedal apologetically like let's get back to jesus being great all right right I did that last week at LOL. Like I, I said retarded twice within the first like two minutes. I had two jokes where I said retarded. Right. And both of them, the I could feel the audience pull back a little bit. Yeah. And I remember thinking in that moment, like on the second one, thinking like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that Niger joke I have, which is a very <laughs> risky joke. Right. Yeah. Where I is. get right up it to is. the edge of saying yeah. the N word. Yeah. And the F word uh, for gay people. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I get right up to the line of saying that. And um, I, but you know that, and that's my most you know risque or whatever edge lord yeah. uh, joke probably that I've written so far. But you know, in that moment, I was like, "Fuck it," uh, you know. This I have to right go further, yeah, yeah, because I've created all this tension. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. try to release it by creating more tension and than then, a punchline. Uh, yeah, and then the get end. to the payoff. Yeah, exactly. you know, because yeah. you know, it's and it's it's also I don't know about you, but I found in those moments like. When you create that tension, mm. you have to pop it with a laugh somehow. Exactly. Whether it's crowd exactly. work or a quick little thing in the moment right. or do, doing another joke that crushes. Yeah. And that's how that's that especially with like the type of jokes that that we write, that's how you get the big reaction, the big laugh is you yeah, create absolutely. that tension. And you, you you pull it as tight as you can, and then fucking thunk, you pop fucking that yeah. Shit and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, I, th- I think, I think it, it was uh, Joe Rogan who he had, he said something interesting where he's like, you know, if you're like doing just like clean stand up comedy and it sucks, yeah, like you're at an open mic or whatever, and people are listening, they'll be like, oh, whatever, you know, it's whatever. But if you're if you aren't getting laughs and you're dirty. Yeah, and saying fucked up stuff, they they the audience will hate you. They hate you absolutely. It's not even it's not and even they a thing should. of like oh, I, I don't no, I, I don't hate, think so. They I hate, hate you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. It makes me uncomfortable too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When I yeah. see somebody who's like fuck my cunt and my grandmother, uh, blah, yeah, blah, 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 no, it's awful. And it's bro. not doing well. It's, it's awful, so uncomfortable. Bro. It's the worst. Because you know everybody in the room's like, oh, just make it stop. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. You know, I'm sure you probably the same way. I've been that comic a thousand times. <laughs> Of just saying <laughs> shit, and I know that everybody hates it, but I don't have anything else. Right. So I'm just, you know, I try to navigate that more skillfully because you're 100% right. It's like you build the tension up. Yeah. But if you don't pop it and get a laugh, if the tension kind of just sits with the yeah. audience, it doesn't get released, it just sits with them. Yeah. That's when they start to kind of think, even if it's subconsciously, like, fuck you for making me feel shitty. Yeah, yeah. And I was, t- and it's like, I was telling, um, uh, I was talking to Rashad, I think, about it um, a while back. It's also, it's a sliding scale of, of like offensive things. If it's this offensive, it has to be this this funny the payoff yeah yeah yeah, that's 100 true yeah it's a sliding scale of like how offensive it is to how funny it has to be for for 
for you saying that. Um, it, it, and it's like it can never be this offensive and this funny. Yeah. It always has to be twice as funny as it is offensive. Yeah, because you have to outweigh <laughs> the tension with the release of laughter. Yeah. Like, it ha- yeah, it's 100% true. It has to be outweighed. Otherwise, if it's more tension, then they're going to be left with that feeling. Exactly. And they're going to hate you and they were, for and they were right. you feel that way. They're going to feel, well, we were right to hate him. That wasn't even funny. He just got up there and said a bunch of offensive things for no reason. And we yeah. didn't even laugh at it. It was just gross. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah and, you know, I, I do that all the time. I'm sure as long as I keep doing stand-up, I'll keep do, I'll, I will have those experiences for sure. That's one of the reasons I'm not a huge fan of hosting because I, I do feel like I have to dial it down a little bit. Yeah. Because if you do, if you install that tension in the audience as a host and don't release it and leave the audience with a shitty feeling, like after you get off stage and introduce the next comment, <laughs> yeah. the feature or whoever it is, the guest spot, whatever yeah. is going on stage to a crowd that has that shitty yeah, tension feeling in their stomachs, any, right. and then they have to kind of release it. Yeah. Instead of just being able to go up and go right into their shit and have a good set, they have to, you know, get the crowd back to where you as the host should have put them. Right. But I'll tell you also, that's one of the best feelings there is, is winning a crowd back that somebody else turned off. Yeah, that and pussy. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Like, but like I've done it, you know, I've only had done it like a few times, but there's been a few uh, times where like the guy before me just. Well, there's been more than a few times. There's been a lot of times that the <laughs> dude before me ate shit. But um, there's been a few times where the dude before me ate shit. And then I got up, and I could see the crowd, like, not interested at all, like, at the beginning, yeah, you know? they're, like, upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, like, you'll, you'll, you'll hit them with a joke, and you can see them, like, kind of be like, okay, yeah, all, all right, right all okay, right, maybe this guy's right, funny. And then, yeah, then you, you, and you win them back over. That's the best feeling, man, when you can, like, turn them back around and be like, okay, not all these guys suck. It was that just that last guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's the, <laughs> the terror of a, of a fucking open mic is that if you have, like, bomb, 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 it throws the audience, if there's an audience there, into another whole headspace i remember i remember you know seeing that a lot at the the tampa improv which has a a great open mic um because a lot of the times it's packed in there for the open mic because yeah. it's right in downtown ebor yeah yeah, yeah yeah but that's the kind of place where it's like if it's like a bomb two bombs three bombs four bombs in a row people will just it bounce is, yeah. because they have a thousand things they can do in ebor Exa- exactly all within yeah. walking distance yeah. like they don't have to sit here and listen to shitty comedy right and that's one of those fun rooms where it's like if you can get the audience going for five minutes and make them have a fun time, it feels like you did your service to the venue of like keeping yeah. people around and buying drinks and like you made them laugh and like all that kind of shit. And that, you know, that is kind of a fun challenge of open mics because I, I really feel that way about LOL of like, you know, I want to go there. I want to work on jokes. I want to work on my stage presence. Uh, you know, I want to get better at crowd work and all this internal shit to me. But I also like have pride in that venue and like i want to represent it well like i right. want people who show up to the open mic to be like oh shit that was a funny ass night right and like yeah. i want to go back and tell my friends about it and i want to be a part of that every wednesday like i want to you know make people laugh real hard so that they're like fuck i want to come back that was so yeah, that was yeah. a lot of fun for sure yeah i know there's um you know, I think it's probably been almost a month since i went on stage at LOL and just actually did my set because I feel like every time when I go up there, (coughs) 
like the people that are there have seen me perform because I'm there every Wednesday, you know, and a lot of these people will come back, you know, a lot of the people in the crowd, like know me. I don't know a, a lot of them, but like when they show up, they'll be like, Hey, what's up, Malachi? You know, I'm like, Oh, Hey, so I'm like, they, I know they know my jokes. They know me by name, you know, isn't that great that it has regulars? For the oh yeah, it is great. Cool shit. It's great. Yeah. But you know, so like I've been going up there and like trying to just like kind of bullshit and do different things for like probably the past like three weeks, four weeks, something like that. So I don't know, probably next week I'll just, I think I've, it's been enough time I can go back to doing my material again. I just don't want to bore them with the same thing every week. And you're you're going up last every time, right? You're getting that fucking yeah most of the time. Last I do. while you're closing the show out. Most of the time I do. Last week I didn't, but most. And I after that one time when I went up there and, s- and said all that, like I'm not going last anymore because some of you comedians just really suck ass. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. After I did that, I I just have been pulling numbers like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's a that's a good spot to have. I remember listening to Dave Attell talk about how he got good by uh, going up, uh, asking to go up last at the Comedy Cellar for years. I love going last, as long as people stick around. As long as, you know, we don't have too many people get up there and suck and start walking the audience, you know. then People will stick around. People will stick around as long as you can just keep it moderately funny through, you know, through most of the people will stick around. But once you get people up there that just start fucking sucking especially if they're offensive and they suck people are just gonna yeah. s- start leaving real quick real we're quick, lucky like. that there's like nothing to do in winter haven so <laughs> it's like a great you know destination yeah. for something to do on a wednesday night right, yeah but yeah no i feel like we're kind of lucky because we get good comics from like orlando you know yeah. that will come by and like i feel like the winter haven and lakeland scene is kind of one you yeah. know it's pretty <clears throat> meshed uh together um like a vagina after birth and the i feel like like the shows are like pretty pretty good like i feel like you know i usually will bounce like a couple of sets after mine because i start yeah. getting real anxious for fucking whatever reason so i'll just like want to leave but you know, like when you know when i watch like the shows it's like they're really cool they're fun like i feel like it's you know, not to be too grandiose, but we're, you know, partaking in and absorbing culture as it's happening from the ground level. Right. The, the shittiest realm of culture, which is open mic stand up <laughs> comedy, but it is culture nonetheless. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, what would you say is your uh, biggest goal uh, to achieve through comedy? To be fucking a really good comic. Yeah. Like just to be, I feel like I'm like eight to twelve percent as good as I could be. Yeah. Like I feel like I could just be so much fucking better as a comic, and my that's my goal is to just fucking be as good as I think I could be. Right. And I feel like I'm way far away from that because I've thought about that before, and it's like stand up. Like as long you you never can get fired from it. Right. Ever. Like, as yeah. long as there's, like, open mics in your city or town, yeah. you can always do it. Even if it's once a month, twice a month, you can always fucking do it. Yep. You can always write a new five minutes, you know? Right. You can always, always do it. And, you know, I've had regular shitty-ass jobs. Some of them are, you know, good jobs, which is boring and repetitive or whatever. My whole life, I started working when I was 15, you mm. know, at uh, pushing, you know, collecting uh, uh, shopping carts at the Sam's Club. But and I've had jobs ever since then, um, and all you know, 
I made this decision pretty much in the pandemic. I was like, I'll fucking work shitty jobs for the rest of my life. But if I can do a little bit of stand up, I can be happy. I can have a thing to look forward to in the future that brings me joy. Right. You know, I can have a reason to get up and be like, oh, I can't wait to go to the club in two weeks and, you know, do some stand up. Yeah. So my thing was like, okay, if I can take the economics out of it and the hierarchy of it, of like coming up through the club system and like, you know, being like, oh, I want to headline one day, which I would love to. Right. But my goal is just to be a really good comic and whatever comes in the wake of that. You know, I'll take, and I'm I'm really bad. I never ask for anything from like, like I've never asked for a guest spot, never asked for a feature spot, never asked the host. Yeah, yeah. But I'll get asked occasionally to do that, or like you know, bar shows or whatever every once in a while, um, and I'll do those. But I just want to get good as a comic because, like, honestly, I you know, in my heart of hearts, I think we're not far away from either climate or economic collapse. Yeah. And we're all going to be refugees living in some fucking camp somewhere. Right. Uh, you know, guarded by those Boston Dynamics robots <laughs> eating ramen noodles once every four weeks. Uh, so I. So we'll be the, the comedians of, the, of well, the concentration camp. When I'm in <laughs> the FEMA concentration camps, I just want to be able to, like, have a dope, like, Real of memories of like Fair oh enough. yeah I, I, I that one time I went to LOL with Malachi and LJ and Andy and all these guys were there and we fucking all crushed it and chilled afterwards and we yeah. got high in the parking lot and did shots and just cool ass memories like that and also another part of it is like I've had you know like I said social anxiety my whole life so you know all throughout my teens and twenties I was like pretty much isolated I didn't hang out with anybody yeah. So, and I also didn't like, you know, I'd have a million ideas of like, oh, I should do this, you know, as like a business or something. And I would never do it. I would never stick with anything. The only thing I've ever stuck with is music as an adult. So to do stand up and to stick with it for as long as I have for me is an accomplishment. Yeah. So I feel like I've won already in terms of like what I want to do with stand up. It's like just not quitting has been a huge thing. Yeah. What what pushed you to to start doing stand up like uh, being someone with social anxiety? I mean, I imagine that was a hard decision to make to start doing it in the first place. <laughs> you know what it was? I uh, I had had a job and this was like May, I think, of 2018. I had a I had had a regular job for two years. Like I had an office and I worked as like a nutritional consultant for this little mom and pop place. And I had been in that industry for like seven years at that point. I had had that job for two. And I remember just one day, I think it was a Monday, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I heard my boss just screaming about some bullshit. And I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. It was good money, you know, benefits. I was living in a nice house in Sarasota, but I was like, I'm fucking miserable all the time. So I just quit, which was stupid. I just quit. And then a week later, I went to Bonnaroo, the music festival in Tennessee, with a girl I was dating at the time. What kind of... I've heard the name, but what kind of uh, music festival is that? Like, what kind of, of, of band? Pretty eclectic. Like, when I was there, the headliners <coughs> were Muse on the first day. Okay. Eminem on the second day. The Killers on the last day. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's, like, all over the place. Yeah. I mean, okay. the first act I saw when I got there was Sheryl Crow. <laughs> all right. Um, the And um, G, I remember seeing G-Eazy one night. Um, wait, like, four in the morning. Um Oh, a shitload of other people bands. keep fucking telling me I look like well not anymore but when I used to have my hair <laughs> slicked back people keep used to tell me I look like that guy I can see it 
But uh, <laughs> I, I remember, like, when I was there, the second night when Eminem was headlining, I took acid mm. with the girl I was dating, and it was amazing. had a great time. And we were tripping hard, and sh- my my ex-girlfriend had to go to the bathroom, so I, like, walked her to the stalls or whatever. And it Keep was pretty talking. late. And uh, I remember just tripping pretty hard and um, walking around and just, like, looking at shit and, like, looking at, like, a group of people and there's, like, a chick with her tits hanging out and somebody's dressed up as, like, a dolphin and there's another person dressed up as, like, an Indian. And, you know, it's there's people, like, selling their merchandise and selling art and there's, like, neon lights everywhere and shit. And I remember thinking, like, and I'm hearing music from all different directions and I'll, I'll never forget it, but I remember thinking in that moment, like, I don't know exactly what this vibe is, but I like it. And right. I want my life to have more of this. And to this day, I still don't know exactly what it is, but just the weirdness and the freedom and the art and the culture. So, and that really stuck with me. I had a great time there. And then I, when we got back, I don't know, I just decided, like, I got to do something different. Like, I... I don't want to go back to working the jobs that I had. I don't know what I want to do, but I don't. I know I don't want to do that. I remember I spent like two months, like on my phone, just like doing that bullshit. Like take a thousand surveys and earn eleven cents. Like <coughs> yeah, I know, you know exactly. Play what you're this about. game for twenty-seven hours and make a dollar. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I remember uh-huh. doing that a lot, like hustling my ass off and making like forty bucks a week. Right. You know, but I was like, oh, maybe if I can, you know, and I was basically living on my girlfriend's couch. She kicked me out after a while. I moved back in with my parents. And I don't know why, but I was like... Oh, no, this happened while I was living with my girlfriend, before I, I moved in with my parents. And, but I remember like driving around downtown Sarasota, where we were living at the time, and thinking, like, oh, there's a comedy club. Maybe I should see if I could do their open mic. And it was McCurdy's, and I sent them an email, and I was like, hey, can I do your open mic this week? And they're like, we're filled up this week, but you can come next week. So I had like 10 days or something and I just sat in my girlfriend's apartment taking a shitload of Adderall, smoking weed and writing five shitty minutes of like a <laughs> semi-humorous monologue. It wasn't even like jokes. It was just like a <coughs> shitty speech. Had and you even thought about doing stand-up comedy before that? Never. Huh. Never. I'd never, never thought about it. Probably because of the social anxiety. Well, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'd never thought about it. I, 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 just, I drove by McCurdy's and... Um, it's it's like purple. McCurdy's is like purple and yellow, so it kind of like jumps out at you. Yeah. And I remember looking at it and thinking like, oh, fuck, I'll, you know, I'll try doing that. You know, I'll, I'll go to the open mic. And I did. And there was a bunch of people in the audience in the little side bar room where they do the open mics. And I didn't bomb. I didn't do great. I didn't do well at all. But I didn't bomb. I got a couple little chuckles. Yeah. Because most people, like, their first set, they'll either, like, bomb real bad or do really well. I kind of had, like, an in-the-middle set. And I remember I was outside afterwards, and this woman came up to me, and she was, like... I had this, like, little piece about growing up as a millennial and having, like, Adderall and shit when you're really young. And Uh that kind of fucks you up and stuff. And and this woman came up to me, and she's like, hey, you know, uh, know, my niece is, like, whatever, like, 10 or something. And she's like, she's on Adderall. And I had never thought about, like, how that affected her before. Right. And she's like, so thank you. That was really interesting. (laughs) Not funny. (laughs) She didn't say funny. She said interesting. Right, right. But that compliment 
got me through the next like two years of just nice. eating dicks and asses <laughs> and stinky pussies and and raccoon balls for the yeah. next like two years at open mics like that one compliment you know yeah. i was like oh i'm interesting <laughs> and probably my favorite comedian growing up was george carlin and i always right. found him to be more interesting than funny although he was very funny yeah um so that compliment really resonated with me i was like oh shit that, you know and that got me through two years of just eating it yeah yeah i know i i wrote jokes for like two and a half years easily maybe longer than that no shit before i ever did an open mic um because i was like really because i i have really bad anxiety also um but uh so i was always just really nervous about <coughs> trying it and then sucking and i had so many people tell me that I would even mention it to everyone would tell me well everyone bombs the first time everybody bombs the first time blah blah so I was like well I don't want to do that then right, that sounds yeah, terrible it's, it's you not, know? it's not a selling uh, point yeah exactly like you think telling me that was going to make me want to get up there um, everyone goes through a school shooting just go to third grade <laughs> you'll be fine yeah, everybody yeah, exactly. goes through it yeah so um, I had actually written a bunch of uh, jokes about bombing like in case I started bombing, <laughs> like I like like to just like that's like a real anxiety move. Yeah, like yeah, just yeah, in yeah, case, yeah, yeah, I'll right. have this exactly. Have an escape hatch. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have to use them because I actually did really well the first time I ever Hell did yeah, it. Yeah, um, where was the first place you got on stage? At Pink Piano. I went oh one shit. night. I went to one of the comedy carnivals that they did there. I went to that, and I watched it. And after watching the whole thing, I was like, I'm pretty sure I can do this. And not to sound arrogant or anything or like a douche, but I was like, I think I have funnier material than some of these people here yeah, that are here yeah. tonight. I think I can do this. Um, so I came back that next week when they did the open mic, and yeah, I did well. Um, and then I think the next time I did it, I think it was at LOL like that next week, and I did well there. And, my, and Mike pulled me aside. The first time I ever went there, Mike pulled me aside, and he was like, dude – you keep doing this you keep coming out here you're funny and i'm gonna use you for stuff and he's followed through i mean look look at me i'm like you're i you know basically like their mascot now or something yeah, you know I, i'm yeah. there all the time yeah yeah um, you're the you're the <coughs> fucking guy dude you're the audio engineer <laughs> yeah you just gotta uh, fucking stab henry pounders to death and you'll have that position full time dude <laughs> yeah i'll beat him up with you if you want to i'll <laughs> help i don't care give it up henry <laughs> one day you don't need it no i'm kidding i'm kidding um, no, I love Henry. I love Henry too. I love he was, Henry. He like was my lover. last. He was my last guest before you. Um, no shit. On the podcast. Yep. He was episode eleven. Wow, that's a big follow. Hmm. Well, it's like four foot two, but yeah, <laughs> not, not a very tall one. But <laughs> um, I love Henry like a prostitute. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh man, what else was I gonna ask you? Oh yeah. Um. What uh. <coughs> what do you or let me let me ask you this instead what is your biggest regret um when it comes to comedy like your career in comedy what's your biggest regret maybe something <laughs> that you wish you would have done and didn't or something you did do that you wish you wouldn't have done um i you know what it is it is my biggest regret is that i got high as fuck before every mic I did for two years. Yeah. Because of my anxiety. Right. Yeah. Because I, I had the dumb thought of like, well, if I smoke weed in, you know, regular life, it makes it chills me out. Right. So if I smoke weed before I go on stage, I'll be chill on stage. Right. Right. 
and it did exactly the opposite. Yeah. It made me way more in my own head. It made me feel like I was in a weird fish tank of like, what the fuck is going on? Why are these people looking at yeah. me? This is so weird. And that's I why like I don't a, smoke weed because that's how it makes me feel every time. Yeah, me every other time. I get like I took RSO. I'm panicky as shit right now. I don't know why <laughs> I still do it. It's like all those cocaine dudes in the '80s that like do coke yeah. all night, and they're like, "Oh, I think I'm gonna die. Fuck, I'm gonna have a heart attack." <laughs> I need some more though. They wake up, you know, at <laughs> six in the afternoon the next day, and they're like, "Let's do it again. Yeah, exactly. Let's get back yeah, on it, bro. Yeah." But I, I feel like it probably it's probably why i fucking sucked for two i mean i still suck now but like i didn't get any laughs for two years because i would just get a high as shit yeah before going on stage thinking that this is the way to do it right and also i would ch- chill me out a little bit around the other comics because i was very intimidated by like a lot of the other comics that were on the scene like i remember like the fifth mic i ever did cam bertrand was there and for people listening that doesn't know he's got a dry bar special on YouTube that has millions of views. And he had it when I was doing mics with him. Right. He was on America's Got Talent not recently. Like, he's fucking hilarious. Like, he's a headliner. And he was already a headliner when I would go to, like, Iberian and he'd be there. Yeah. And he was, like, a rock star. There'd be, like, fucking throngs of people around him, like, yeah, fans yeah. and shit. He mm-hmm. would crush at that place. And I remember thinking, like, what am I doing? This is, like, I'm gonna, I suck. And they're, like, legit... You know, people that have done stand up at the comedy store and written on TV shows in LA and fucking headline clubs and shit. What the fuck am I doing? So I would get very nervous and I'd yeah. like get high to just kind of chill out. But that's, I would say that's my biggest regret is is smoking weed before doing stand up for two years in a row. I feel like it stunted my growth in a way that I didn't have to. Yeah. If I just was like, just push through it sober, figure out, figure out how to do it. And now I, I pretty much never get stoned before i go on stage maybe like once a month or so and i'll have a couple beers before i go on stage every once in a while but i try to like not do that yeah i got into a kind of a groove of like having a couple drinks before i go up at lol mm. and last week i told myself like no nah, no nah, don't you got to do it sober this week i know you want to have a few drinks because it feels good yeah but i can't get used to doing stand-up with a couple drinks i've got to be able right. to do it sober without any chemical help um, to relieve the anxiety, I have to be able to do it straight and sober. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, I can't do it. I, I won't drink before most mics. But it is fun every once in a while. And I love getting, like, 12 beers in and just going up a ping. <laughs> yeah. And there's nobody there and just screaming about, like, doing investment banks things. and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck Steven Schwartzman in the ass, dude. I, I love it when you do that, too. It's hilarious to me. Um, so... Uh, all right, I'll ask you this question. Um, uh, what is the thing that you hate the most about the comedy scene, our comedy scene that, that, Other that you're around? Other comics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like in Lakeland? Just the, the all around that we're involved in. Oh, um, the egos that can develop, Yeah. you know, very shortly into you know doing open mics yeah that's probably the most annoying thing because like you'll see people that are like really funny yeah you know and i don't want to name names or anything because they're you know local not lakeland people but uh people in other places <laughs> where i'm like i thought they were really funny but they, like i couldn't approach them off stage like i remember there's a number of people when i was beginning who like i wanted to just kind of talk to and pick their brain a little bit mm-hmm. you know and just ask them questions but they just wouldn't talk to me or they one word answer kind of thing and yeah 
you know, and a little bit of that's like the autism that we all have is, is yeah. comics, but yeah. there's a little bit of that ego too of like, mm, I don't want to talk to you, like you're an open micer or something. Right. That's probably the dumbest thing, but I also understand it too because it does feel really good to like crush. Yeah. And it can fill you with that sense of like, oh man, I'm I'm something, aren't I? But you know, I personally like again i did a lot of psychedelics when i was like late teens and early 20s i still i'll trip like every once in a while but i feel like i annihilated my ego so much to like the idea of erecting some stupid cult of the self kind of you know i don't matter we're all gonna die we're all gonna be dead forever it doesn't matter the only (laughs) thing that matters is growing as an artist and getting better at it that's it. You know, yeah, everything else I mean, is, is material and it doesn't matter as much to me. I know to, uh, you know, to other people, it's like, you know, I want to make a lot of money at this. I want to sell out theaters. I want that ego stroke as well as the, the material benefit of making a lot of money from doing it. But, yeah. you know, to me, that's the wrong thing to chase. But, you know, what the fuck do I know? I never want to be uh, that famous to be like selling out fucking theaters and shit. I my goal is to be get good enough at comedy and big enough to to do cruises, because I just fucking think it'd be that'd be the greatest job <laughs> in the world. Just just fucking chilling on a cruise, doing comedy like what two shows a day. You just drink and they make like good money hang out, too. and you make a lot of money. Yeah, they make good. I would good love money. that, dude. I would love it. You should get down to the uh, <coughs> the mic they do at Fasani's uh, in Port Charlotte. Yeah, because they're yeah they're highly connected to the comedy zone, which is like a big East Coast chain. Uh. And the guy that owns it, like I've done their mic there many times. They do it quarterly. It's, it's a competition. They do it once a quarter, and there'll be like three or four mics, but you can only do one of them. And it's like the winner of each one like competes against the other two or three. Right. And then the winner of that gets a I think it's a feature spot at Visani's, which is a great club, and you win like five hundred bucks, but probably the coolest thing is you get a meeting with comedy zone bookers so you can introduce yourself i am this and that and this is my comedy and they book cruise ships and stuff oh nice um and <coughs> they, they book so you should you should get down there and yeah uh, and try that because that's like a local cl- i mean it's in port charlotte but like that's a realistic because i know friends of mine that have gotten like feature work from doing well there right right yeah know? yeah that's that's dope like yeah i mean because that's that's my overall goal, you know, to it, one day just be doing cruise ships. Yeah, uh, yeah, for I sure. I think that'd be the greatest job Dude, ever. If I, could, I mean, I'd love to be able to support myself financially with stand-up. That'd be great. Like, if I could, dude, if I could headline clubs like LOL, like Madcaps, like The Laugh-In. Yeah. Like, smaller rooms, I would do that for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah, I would, I would do, do that, that, too. For I would, yeah, sure. I'd absolutely do that also, but. Um, I mean, if I could make like fifty grand a year doing comedy, I'd be happy as fuck. Yeah, like we ha- we had a guy come. It's I've had a guy come too. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to brag about <laughs> it. Well, um, you'll have to t- show me how you did that later. Um, I, uh, I we had this guy come like uh, I don't know. It's been a while back now at LOL, um, and he usually does cruise ships, I guess. Um, but he was like headlining that night or whatever um, at LOL. So I guess he, I don't know, but I guess that he does cruise ships. But then like whenever he's not doing that, he just tours around. He'll hit and the road. Does, yeah, yeah, and does other clips. And so like that could be dope. I would do that. That would be awesome. I know some um, guys like Fort Myers guys, Port Charlotte comics that will do like 
they'll go out and do like tours of just Florida. They'll like be regional headliners. Yeah. Where they'll, you know, they'll hit like Vasani's. They'll hit the Laugh-In. They'll hit Madcast. They'll hit LOL. Maybe they'll do a, a weekend at Side Splitters. Maybe they'll do the Improv and in uh, Miami or something. And you know, you can get like twenty, thirty weeks of headlining work from just touring around in Florida. Sure. Or, you know, yeah. Georgia. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to sure. go too far, you know? And I know a number of guys um, who do that and they'll do you know, they'll they'll do McCurdy's. Um, one hilarious dude on uh, Nathan Wallace, who was at the first open mic I ever did at the Laugh In, he's a super funny dude and um, I remember doing guest spots at, at headlining shows where he'd be like the feature act and hilarious comic and he was just at madcaps headlining i think he's just getting into headlining i could be wrong but i think in the last like couple years he's been headlining more okay um and i've seen him at you know he's headlining at uh at lol and you know he's like coming up the chain Mm -hmm. you know yeah in that way and he's hilarious and it's it's cool to see comics in that space of like starting to headline yeah you know where i'm in a place where it's like i got my first feature weekend in november Right. Uh, I did some feature spots, just spots, not weekends at uh, Madcaps, and I feel like I'm just coming into that a little bit, just a little trickle right. of it, and you're like, oh, there is, you know, hope. There oh, is yeah, a way, yeah, like, sure. up, and, you know, and there is a way to get more stage time and to work, you know, Saturday and, you know, Friday, as opposed right. to just doing, like, a couple open mics a week. Yeah. Because to me, it just means more stage time. For sure. Like, I just want to be on stage more than fucking five, ten minutes, which I still yeah. love, but it's like, if I can be on, you know, 20, 25... I feel like I can really work on a lot more stuff. Yeah. Aren't we're aren't we booked on a show coming up soon? Me and you? Yeah, Jade Fox. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I, I knew we were on something together. I think it's this Friday. It's the Friday after that. Okay. I knew we were on something together coming up. I'm looking forward to that because I looked at pictures of that place. And it I looks did too. like a cool, like, kind of hip It's like, like a... Like a it looks like a, like a hookah lounge slash like I don't know I'm not really sure but I could tell that like in the background of one of the pictures they had like big those big hookah things. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. dope. That's cool as shit. I like that ambiance a lot. Are you doing um, Shane's show at the tattoo place? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm do- it's not a tattoo place. It's like a, it's like an antique store or something. Oh okay. It's like a, I think it's like right an on. antique slash it's like antique store slash art gallery I think or something like oh, that. Okay. Um yeah yeah. I was um, I was gonna do that, but I'm working at LOL that Friday night. Oh, you're um, not doing that anymore. No, I, I because well, the th- like I'm hosting, so I have to be there for like the uh, whole thing. I was thinking like, uh, depending on how close it is to LOL, maybe like during the headliner set, I could like run out and do a quick ten or some <laughs> shit and then come back. But I feel like that'd be too risky if yeah, like something happens. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah, want to yeah. leave. But right. If I was doing a guest spot or like a feature spot or something, I'd just get off and right. go do it or whatever. But but uh, yeah, no, I I really like the Lakeland scene. It's it's reminds me a lot of Fort Myers because like everybody's friends, like everybody's like really cool and supportive. Like there's no like dumb bullshit beef or whatever. Like everyone's like just friends and cool and supportive of each other. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, everybody is super cool and supportive of each other, and you know, um, I like that too about it. I I feel like it was like a. Um, kind of like almost like a like a, a group therapy type of thing i didn't even know that i needed you know to be a part of yeah but 
ever since I started doing comedy and had like this like circle of comedians around me and supporting me and stuff like um, it's it's been very helpful because like before I started doing comedy, I was like in a bad spot, man. I didn't have like nothing. I had like no friends, girlfriend had left me like I was just like in a bad spot. Um, and then I started doing this, like met a lot of people that like have like been very supportive, like super cool and supportive, nice, friendly people. So and all uh, mentally ill as shit, just like yeah, we are. Yeah, so yeah. I, I feel comfortable <laughs> exactly around comics because of that, because I know right. like, they're all fucking nuts yeah, to one are. degree or another for one. It's reason funny or how different all of us are, but at the same time, how much alike all of us yeah, are. We all share a neurosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. I, I like that about stand-up comics. Cause I feel like. <coughs> It's the first social group I've ever had, and I haven't had many because you know I've always been averse to the potential judgment of others in social situations. But with comics, I don't care. Right. You know. I, yeah. It's because it, I know that we're all fucking weird as shit. Yeah. And willing to express it, you know, on stage, For willing sure. to like be weird in in front of other people and express kind of weird, off the wall ideas and stuff. But yeah, I, as a social group, I really enjoy uh, comedians quite a bit. For sure, man. I agree. Um, what What do you have to say to all those people that think that you died in that hotel room in Orlando a while back? Um, I wish that I could bring your belief in me dying to fruition, <laughs> and I had died in a hotel room in Orlando. Um, but fear not, you can hear me do shitty stand-up comedy at bars and comedy clubs all over uh, Florida. Yeah. Fear uh, not. For, uh, give a shout-out to your upcoming shows that you have, um, that you can remember at least. Well, me and you will be at Jade Fox. Jade Fox, yes. Along with uh, Natasha. LJ hosting. LJ, Sean, I believe, Faulkner. Yeah, Sean. Dude. He's very new to the game, but he's already crushing it. There's somebody else, too. Scott Hooker is he on that show? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think I think I that think yeah, so. I think that's the last person that LJ got so for. If you're it. in Lakeland or even if you're like in Wyoming, just drive <coughs> down here. Yeah. To see it. I don't worth give a it. Fuck. I don't care if it's forty eight thousand <laughs> hours. Just drive down to see that show. And then uh, uh, I'm hosting at LOL. I think the eighteenth and nineteenth. Okay. I believe. Um, I don't know who's headlining, but that should be fun as shit. And then. The 23rd, Savoy with Greg. And I think you're going out there. Are you going out there this week? Um, next week I'm on one of them. It might be next week. I'm on one of them. But yeah, I don't think we're on the same one. Because yeah, I think I'm, I'm on the I'm one on the before end that. The month one. Yeah. And then the 27th, uh, Sir James Hollingsworth's Room Brew, um, which I don't know exactly where that is. But on the 27th, which is a Saturday, I think at 8, I'm doing. Um, doing that room wow it feels really cool to f- say my dates on a podcast <laughs> i feel like a real comic because i've been listening to podcasts forever right, right. And they always do that like yeah. you know what are you doing now? now i'm doing my dates i feel like i've made it dude yeah man i'm sure that date too if james put you on a show that's going to be a good show i did a show for james like a week ago or something if there's nice. something that James is good at, it is fucking getting butts in seats. That dude, he sold out the whole place, and there oh were still people coming in and paying just to wow. get in to stand. Was it brew? No, it was a uh, uh, I can't Kazumbas or something like that. I can't. I, I, it's nice. a weird. It's like a distillery. They just like it's a new place. 
This is the first comedy show they ever did, and he sold it out and had people wow. coming in and paying for standing room. It was that's great, awesome. Man. I yeah. did a I did a show he put together like two months ago <clears throat> at a bar in right by McDill, and same thing. It was like this great little performance space in like the corner of a bar. Yeah, had to like walk through a door to get there, so like there was no noise and shit. It was completely packed. I don't think there was a single seat. It was like a 40, 50 person room, but it was completely yeah. packed. Mm-hmm. It was That's a really, really fun was. show. Like Trevor Glassman was there. Thomas Howell fucking tore it up. I had a pretty good set. And uh, yeah, whatever, whatever he's doing, he's doing, uh, he's doing a great job. And it's great for you know comics because that gives us another chance to get some fucking more stage time absolutely you know? man yeah it's great like any show that he ever asked me to do i'll absolutely do it because he definitely knows what he's doing promotion wise yeah 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 no he's he puts together some great rooms he's a horrible person <laughs> but yeah. man does he put together and, some great rooms and i heard he's a pedophile yes he's a hundred percent but pedophile. he's good at prom- he's a, he's a promotion He's good at promotions uh, and, and touching little kids. He's a good kisser. I'll give him <laughs> that. He knows how to use his tongue. You're way too old for him. Come on. You know that. I'm 79 <laughs> years old. I'm just kidding, James. We love you. James is not a pedophile. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll kiss him on his head next time I see him. I'll kiss him on the lips next time I see him. Uh, uh, is there anything uh, you want to say or give a shout out to? Anything? Um... Racism is bad. I'd like to say that. Oh, I agree. Um, I don't believe in the gold standard. <laughs> um, I do think the dinosaurs were real, but only like half of them. I don't think T. Rexes existed. I don't think Triceratops has existed. Um, and Lloyd Blankfein can choke on my fucking dick. I hate that piece <laughs> of shit more than anybody, maybe in the world. And if you don't know who that is, Google him. And fucking piss on the picture of him that comes up on the computer. He's a piece <laughs> of shit. He's my dad. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> uh, oh, I wanted. I, I didn't ask you this. Uh, what is the worst bomb you've ever had? This podcast right now. <laughs> no, uh, the worst bomb I ever had was at Visani's in Port Charlotte. Uh, and I hosted there the one time and probably only time they ever asked me to like work there. Mm-hmm. And I hosted a Wednesday show, a one-off show. It was packed, 400 people. In Visani's, it's in Port Charlotte, and, and Port Charlotte's kind of in the middle of nowhere. A lot of retirees, a lot of old people that show up to the club. It's not like a cool young audience. Right. It's a lame old audience. And um, I started, <laughs> I you know I said hello or whatever, and I but the first joke I did. I referenced uh, Fifty Shades of Grey and Thirteen Reasons Why right in the beginning. Right. And the second those two things came out of my mouth, I was like, nobody, nobody here knows what the fuck right. that is. Ne- yeah, nobody yeah. here knows what either of those things are. Yeah. Most people don't even probably know what Netflix is. Never mean. Never mind Thirteen Reasons Why. Right. Maybe Fifty Shades of Grey. They yeah, they may have like, heard of it. They in the definitely ether. don't know what the other one is. And that it. That joke, it's like a three-minute, four-minute joke. It's completely bombed. I should have known to pull out of it, but I didn't. Right. This was like a year and a half ago, last February. And I just ate it. Just ate it. Didn't get any laughs. I could tell the audience hated me. And I was the host, so I had to go up again for right. three more times <laughs> to bring up the other comics. In the the feature spot, um, this dude, uh, uh, Chris... Um, 
Ah, oh, fuck, I'm forgetting his last name. I took some RSO before this, so I'm a little stoned. Um, but he fucking crushed. Uh, John Carfee, the headliner, he crushed. And I was awful, and Vasanis has not hit me up for anything uh, since then. <laughs> so that was that was the worst That's I great. bombed, for sure. That was Because that had, like, you know, quote-unquote career. Not that I have any semblance of a career, but right. career consequences. Right, right, right. It's right, a very, right, like, yeah. highly connected club to the comedy yeah. zone, which, like, as a aspiring comic, you want to get in with them because they can get you booked out yeah. and get you up to, like, you know, Virginia and, and Massachusetts and Georgia because they have clubs all over the place. And I... Fucking bombed my audition for them, which <laughs> was basically the host spot. That sucks. Yeah, it was a bad, <laughs> bad feeling. It was not a good feeling at all. As a, do you remember? Every once in a while, I'll bring this up just because it was so funny to 9 11? Uh, yeah, and the Holocaust. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm but more of a Holomador <laughs> guy myself. But um, do you remember that night that we went to the open mic at La La Land? Uh, I remember <coughs> going there twice, and I don't remember which night it was. It, I think it was maybe. It, I think it was the second time we went because the first time we went, it wasn't that bad. It was okay because a lot of the comics showed up. We all kind of su- supported yeah, each other. Yeah. No, I, that's right. I, read, I remember the second time vaguely because I just went up there, <laughs> like stared at the crowd and was like, "Yeah, fuck this," and I just ran out of the. I ran off stage. That's the one t- and only time I've ever done that. You told one joke. Maybe two. I don't remember. I think it was one. I think you did old one joke, and then you were just like, yeah, fuck this. And just walked <laughs> off stage, and you left. You literally le- <laughs> left. I got the fuck like, out of there, and dude. LJ was like, I thought you had like walked maybe to the bathroom or something. <laughs> and like LJ was like, oh, no, he left. And I was like, he didn't leave. I was like, the front door's right there. He's like, no, he went out the back door, and he left. And I was like, there's no way. <laughs> but you did, and I was just like, that's the funniest that's the funniest thing that happened tonight. I social anxiety <laughs> my way right the fuck out of there. Well, you know what that was? My girlfriend, Angelica, and I had gotten into, like, a fight, mm. like, five minutes before I was supposed to leave. Oh, great. So I showed up in just a shitty, horrible attitude. Right. And I was like, fuck this. I don't want to do stand-up. So I got up there, did something. It didn't get any response. And I just totally... I've never done that before, ever. I've just bitched out. I mean, I don't blame you. That... that, that crowd did not want to hear from us no. and none of them i got up there I, I posted a video on my facebook of me performing that night <laughs> uh i think i ended up doing like a close to 10 minutes around 10 minutes instead of five God because damn. as soon as i could tell how bad i was eating it like eating it on stage i was like I'm telling every single joke I've ever written. I pulled out my notepad and just started reading through them. Yeah, I was like, him. I am not getting off this stage. <laughs> Y'all are going to have to listen to me. Like, you know, just like like out of spite, just stood up there and just like told like every joke that I could think of um, to nothing. Yeah, to not dude. even a chuckle, bro. I'm sure we'll have the opportunity to do that tomorrow night at Crafting Kitchen right across the road from La La Land. Oh, man. Are you going to that? Um, I probably will, and I'll and also I'll go to the. I gotta ask Russell Mania if uh, the parrot's going on because I know it's the first Tuesday of every month. I think it's on the ninth. Uh, okay, next he month. Pr- he made a post week. about it today. I think it's on the ninth. Uh, okay, I was gonna um, say I'll do both of those, but yeah, I'll go to the, I'll go to the, I'll go to any shitty open mic that's I went to five la- minutes within where I live. I went to it last week. Yeah, me too. Crap. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah, were yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. I was. G- 
I don't know why I was thinking. You were the person that I thought they were mad about, but it turned out they actually got mad about me. Yeah, I was the one that said America's the great Satan. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You like say you, shit. I wanted, yeah. I wanted to get censored. You said several things that I was like, well, surely <laughs> they got mad at Alex, not me. Because yeah. like, even like when I got up there, the guy like made like a remark about something you said, yeah. and I was like, you know that I'm not the one that said that. It was the guy before me, right? And he was yeah. like, I don't care, whatever. And I was just like, all right. So I kind of feel bad because I was thinking about it later, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck. That was their first, like, open mic. Yeah. With, like, comics and shit. Yeah. I kind of wish that I had been more aware of, like, w- you should try to do a set that will make the owners want to do comedy more yeah. instead of just going off the deep end. I and don't just care. Just fucking around. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I kind of don't either, but I, d- I just, <laughs> I like the fact that it's so fucking close. Yeah, yeah. That I can, I, I don't it's have to cool go to place. St. Peter, Tampa to get a yeah. little bit of stage time, even if it's not great stage time, but yeah. it's a place where... You know, I can work out new jokes, but yeah, I, I wish I had thought of that before and just like, just whatever's bombed, who cares? <laughs> yeah. But done it in a way where I didn't, wasn't flipping out about American intervention in the least. <laughs> it's a cool place, but um, it's, I don't know, not a great crowd for comedy. They weren't there no, you for gotta, that You gotta night. fight for it. You gotta yeah. fight for the laughs. It's like Pink's like that sometimes. Like yeah, you gotta yeah. fight to get their attention. I knew, I they, knew. They might give you a second. If you get like a little laugh, they might look at you right. and then the next joke if it doesn't grab their attention they're back to they're talking done, and, yeah. and drinking i knew whenever i got up there and said what can i say to get you guys' attention and the guy mm. said fucking nothing yeah. i was like okay you guys are over this <laughs> yeah which fair enough if i was out with my buddies at a bar and all of a sudden, somebody was like, okay, everyone, time to be quiet. Listen to these assholes right, talk about right, the dicks yeah. for five minutes at a time. I'd probably <laughs> yeah. be like, what? No. <laughs> fuck this. These yeah. guys suck. I don't want to listen to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It was, uh, it was a night. It was a night we had. <laughs> hey, it's good for the free beer, you know? Yeah, that's the only reason I went up there. Once it's I when I beer. got there and saw what it was like, I was like, I am not performing tonight. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, uh, and then LJ was like, you get a free beer if you perform. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll go Sign on stage and say some stuff. Put me on the list. I'll go on stage and get everyone in trouble, apparently, for saying Hail Satan. You but demon. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you demon comic. Awful person. The, the, but that's seriously the best heckle I've ever gotten, is like five minutes <laughs> after being off stage, somebody being like, fuck Satan, or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, bro. I'm a warrior for Christ. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, Fuck Satan. <laughs> good for All you, man. That's a bold statement to say to such a skinny guy like me. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we'll show him what's up. <laughs> Flashing my AR-15 and my micro penis. <laughs> Fucking intimidate the shit out of him. Like, I don't know. I always think it's funny when people, like, take me seriously, too. They're always like, man, I don't. you, you seem like a pretty nice guy for a Satanist. I'm like, <laughs> A, I'm not a Satanist, and B, uh... Most Satanists are probably pretty friendly people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure, like uh, the Nazis <coughs> could socialize. <laughs> like Hermann Göring was apparently like a really funny guy. Like he had a lot of wit. He was very funny, very social. It's you like know, they could I be fo- like sociopaths, psychopaths can fake charm. Absolutely, yeah. They can I put know. on that false charm and be very witty and yeah, jovial dude. and That's make you feel good. How do you think I've killed so many women? <laughs> that's what, that's I what knew it smelled like dead hookers yeah, in here. Yeah, don't open that box over there. <laughs> uh, don't open that box and don't then <laughs> open the box. I was trying to make a vagina joke. It didn't work. I, uh, I do have a head in my freezer, though, if you want to fuck it before you leave. Hell yeah, um, dude. Yeah. 
Good. I wish we did it before the podcast. It would chill me out. <laughs> I like a good head fucking before I, before I pod. Yeah, I, I mean, I did it right before you got here. <laughs> I, uh, uh, anything else you want to uh, say or give a shout out to or anything? Uh, shout out to Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Um, shout out to air conditioners for keeping us cool. Yeah, I like that. Shout out to the Ramones. There's a poster right there. The Ramones are pretty fucking dope. Yeah, they had bad haircuts, though. Yeah. They had yeah. great style except for their hair. It was awful. Yeah, I should get a jean jacket <laughs> and fucking leather jacket and do that on stage. But no, <laughs> I got nothing, man. I got nothing. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for coming, man. You, you've been great. Um, I hope we started out season two with a bang, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, we f- are definitely going to bang after this. So oh, either way, sure, it's going to be a bang. Uh, we made Stranger Things season four seem like shit. <laughs> yeah, bro. Compared to this, fuck Hopper and fuck those monsters. Yeah, fuck those kids. Pussy Not shit. literally though. <laughs> or literally, I mean, it depends. But they're also like adults now, apparently. Depends what you're into. Yeah, Not that I know. I've been googling fucking all of them. <laughs> I haven't been checking their age every single fucking yeah, month. Yeah, I've been checking that chick Millie Bobby Brown's <laughs> age for the last four years, every six hours on the hour. <laughs> waiting for that OnlyFans <laughs> page to pop up. Uh, it's coming, man. We'll get there. And so am I. <laughs> I will be. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, this has been Chat with a Rat, episode 12 or episode 1 of the second season. Mr. Alex Boyce, uh, say goodbye, Alex. Goodbye, everybody. All right. Peace. <laughs>